In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three and One who comes to give us a holy fear in the midst of our exiles. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, what are you afraid of? Not talking about those sort of uh, irrational fears that, that you maybe harbor, you know, your fear of heights, or, or your fear of snakes, or your fear of spiders, or your fear of any of those things that I, those don't really live with me all of the time. You see, one of my irrational fears is that I have this fear of small spaces, and I don't really worry about that fear until uh, I'm in a small space. And we're also not talking about the kind of fear that is sort of that situational fear, the, the fear that you have when you encounter something that you should be afraid of, like, I don't know, a virus that kills tens of thousands of people. But maybe you, you get into those situations of being afraid of certain things that you, you just run into. Maybe uh, you have a close call, call in, in your car as you're driving along, and you, you all of a sudden notice that you have this fear. That's a situational fear, but it's nothing that really lives with you your, your whole time. Maybe you have some of those situational fears right now concerning this virus. Maybe uh, your situational fear is, is uh, something that uh, you, know, you get close to someone and all of a sudden you, you, you kind of push back and you go, I, I, I shouldn't be that close. But there, there's another kind of fear. There's this sort of existential fear or baseline fear that I, I think we, we live with these fears running in the backgrounds of our processors all the time. And we have this, this kind of sense that these are the fears that make us who we are in some ways. These are the fears that affect our personalities. You see, because I have a fear of small spaces, that doesn't really affect my personality all that much. And if I have a fear of something that happens in my car, that doesn't affect my personality that much. But if I have a fear of failure, well, that's going to affect my personality because that's going to run in the background of my head the whole time. If I have a fear of death, then that's going to run in the background of my mind the whole time. If I have a fear of rejection, then that's going to run in the background of my mind the whole time. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to respond to those fears. Those fears that are the baseline fears are, are also things that we respond to. And yet we respond to them in, in slightly different ways. You see, the, the sort of uh, situational fears and, and the irrational fears, well, they, they kind of need to be near us, but when they are, then we feel our blood pressure, pressure go up. We, we feel our heart rate go up anyway. And, and we begin to feel things in our body that tell us this is not a good place to be. And that's actually a healthy thing. It, it helps us to stay away from the things that we should be afraid of. But these baseline fears are things that we also respond to. We just respond in a little bit more subtle way. But just because it's subtle doesn't mean that it's any less traumatic sometimes. 
See, if we have this fear of rejection, we might respond to that fear of rejection in a way that we just simply refuse to let ourselves get out there and have a relationship with someone. If we have a fear of failure, then we actually might keep ourselves from trying something new because we're afraid that that might end up as a failure. Some of us even have a, a fear of success. What if I do this and what if I find out that I'm actually good at this thing that I feel like I maybe shouldn't be good at for whatever reason? You see, we, we have these baseline fears and we react to these baseline fears. Which brings up our epistle reading for today, this thing from 1 Peter. Now, 1 Peter is writing to people that are in exile, people that are outside of the, the centers of Christianity, which are Jerusalem and Rome. And, and Peter is writing to them, and, and he's calling them the elect exiles. He, he's saying, you are far away from the communities of faith that are at their strongest. And we kind of feel that way too. There's a sense in which we feel like we are exiled, exiled away from the things that might give us hope and comfort and might help us to assuage some of those fears that we have within us. And so Peter is writing this to all of these people. And he starts off this reading in one of the sort of seeming oddest ways. He says, live your lives in fear. And you go, no, Peter, I don't want to live my life in fear. In fact, if anything, right now, we're all recognizing that we have fears that we didn't have before. We have fears of this invisible virus. We have fears of the person who maybe doesn't take this seriously enough, and we try to distance ourselves a little bit from them. We have fears of the person perhaps that's taking this a little bit too seriously and wondering, should I be taking it that seriously or are they just doing this a little bit too much and is that infringing on my rights? We have this whole conversation in our culture right now about what our fears are and if those fears are legitimate and how those fears are causing us to respond to the world and to the people around us. And so when Peter says that you should conduct yourselves with fear, maybe it does start to make a little sense to us. Because we recognize that our fears actually do cause us to act. Our fears actually do get us in a place where we go, well, all right, I'm, I'm going to do whatever it is. You see, because that's what fear does. Fear, when it's at its healthiest, causes us to feel this feeling of anxiety that causes us to flee away from danger and toward safety. And that's exactly what Peter is getting at here. You see, if you continue to read that reading from 1 Peter, and I get it, it's a dense reading, it's a hard reading, but if you continue to read that reading from Peter, you'll find out that when he's setting up, okay, well, what is it that we have to be afraid of, Peter, when he's setting that up in the rest of the reading, it's almost all gospel. 
He said, you should conduct yourselves with fear. By the way, you have been bought with a price. That is a price that has been paid for you. You are included into the kingdom of God. You are brought into this because Jesus Christ died for you. And you have been ransomed away from your sins. And, and you start kind of wondering, well, what do I have to be afraid of there, Peter? And maybe what Peter is getting at is that those things are like fear in that we should respond to those things. We should respond to the gospel in a way that is like our response to fear. There's this story that I'm going to tell you about my mother and, and I hope that uh, she forgives me for not checking if it was okay if I uh, told the story about her. You see, when my mom was a little kid, she was raised on a farm in Nebraska. When she was a little kid, there, there was this uh, big watering hole for, for the cattle. And uh, when she was a little kid, unfortunately, she fell in there one day and, and began to uh, kind of splash around. And, and thankfully, somebody was there to, to pull her out. But ever since then, she, she's had that, that kind of fear of, of water, of drowning. And so what she did when my brother and I were little, where she, she signed us up for swimming lessons. And we actually ended up having that be a big part of our lives. We, we grew up swimming. We grew up on swim teams. We grew up lifeguarding. And all of that came from my mom's fear of water. It came from her response to that fear. And so what are we responding to when we do the things in our lives? Well, sometimes we're responding to sin. Sometimes we're responding to a view of the world that assumes that we are at the top of everything, that, that we're better than God, that we're better than our neighbor. And so if we switch what we're responding to, if we switch our fear then perhaps we'll switch our behavior. And that's what Peter is trying to get us to recognize, that when we switch our fear from being a fear of ourselves not being on top to a fear of ourselves recognizing that we have been purchased by a person of the Trinity, who came and died on a cross and then was buried and rose again. When we switch our fear there, maybe we'll start to respond a little bit differently. Maybe we'll start to respond like those people in that Acts reading and we say, what shall we do? And the answer comes back, repent and be baptized. Maybe we'll respond like that psalmist who seems like they were in a very dire place and all of a sudden sees the rescue of God and says, this is better. Maybe we'll respond like those two Emmaus disciples who ran seven miles. Let that sink in. Seven miles. Because of their fearful response to the gospel. 
So how you respond has to do with what you fear. And what we have to fear is an almighty God who has shown his love to us in such a manifest way that he allowed his son's blood to be our ransom price and allowed his resurrection to be our assurance that one day in our own resurrections all that we will fear is that God. May you live a life of fear this week and may that fear be a healthy fear, a fear of God who has given himself for you. Amen.